The scripture reading is from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learn it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good morning. It's such an enormous privilege to be able to speak at a baptism, but particularly to speak at a baptism of uh, a young lady who I have seen grow up and uh, being the same age as one of my children, I've kind of watched those stages of life at the same time as uh, my son as well. And I, it is a real privilege to be able to speak. Wasn't her testimony just so powerful? You know, that she spoke so clearly and so powerfully about what she believes. It was so clear about the foundations of her faith and the difference that Jesus has made in her life. And then we saw in her baptism a public declaration of that faith. But maybe some of you don't really know what believer's baptism is about. So as Christians, we believe that believer's baptism is a very special moment on that journey of faith. It's a moment when God's presence and his blessing meets us in a new and special way, and when we make our own personal commitment of faith in Jesus our Lord. It signifies the end of an old life and of being born again to new life in Christ. It speaks of cleansing, of being united with Christ in his death and resurrection, and of witnessing to the call of God upon our lives. Baptism is also about receiving God's spirit so that we can serve in the church and in the world. And maybe this morning, you've just sensed God speaking to you about baptism. You've just felt your heart stir as you've watched and as you've listened. And maybe that's a step that you are ready to take in your journey of faith. And if that is the case, we would love to speak to you more about it at the end. And so we turn to today's passage that Bethany read for us. So baptism is this key moment in your journey of faith, but and it isn't the end of the road. It isn't the end of the road. God has so much more that he wants to share with you. So much more of his love and his grace that he longs for you to discover. And you know, that's true for all of us. God is calling each of us to discover more about him. Of course, we're all at different stages in our journey. And it could well be that your faith journey hasn't led you to that moment of baptism or even to that acknowledgement that Jesus is your Lord. Maybe you're just on the very start of exploring what faith means and trying to understand what what is this Christianity? What is this faith that Annie has so clearly and so strongly? Wherever we walk, wherever we are in our walk with God, this message is for us all. However far along we are, he wants to take us further. He wants to continue to change us and transform us. He wants us to grow deeper in our relationship with, us, with him. He wants us to mature in our faith. He wants us to learn to seek and follow his plans and purposes. But how do we do that? 
Well, we're going to have a go at unpacking the words in this passage together to see what we can learn. And straight away, this passage gives me a key word, I think, to take away today. And that word is continue. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. If you look at slightly different translations, they give you a slightly different flavor. So this is the NIV. It says, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. In the Living Bible, it says, but you must keep on believing the things you've been taught. And the message says, stick with what you believe, what you learned and believed. So putting this passage into a little bit of context for you, in the earlier verses of the chapter, Paul warns Timothy of some of the difficulties of being a believer. He tells Timothy that there will be those people whose lives will be lived in opposition to God and who will look to draw others away from the truth. So if Timothy is going to continue in what he has learned, he needs to be totally sure what it is he's believing. So Paul writes this, it is he, that's God, who has saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Christ. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who broke the power of death and showed us the way of everlasting life through trusting him. Those verses show us the very heart of the Christian gospel, that God loves us and always planned to be in relationship with him. With him. Through Jesus, his death and resurrection, we are given new life now and the hope of a life to come. But in a world of constant distractions, it's so easy to drift away from our faith. Although we may at some point have acknowledged our belief in Jesus and our need of his love and his forgiveness, we allow our focus to shift, to move away from God and from the truth of his word. There are so many things that take our time, catch our attention, pull us away. Ideas and situations that cause us to question the things that we believe or maybe even to doubt God's love for us. And yet, here we are reminded and we are challenged to continue, to keep on believing, to stick at faith instead of being distracted by what the world throws at us, to stick at what we believe even when the circumstances of our life make us question the things that we have believed. So in the next few verses, Paul explains the reasons for why Timothy should be slow to walk away from all that he has come to believe. And I think they're reasons that we can have today to remain faith, firm in our faith. So the first reason that he gives is, continue in what you have learned because you know those from whom you learned it. Who was it that first introduced you to the truth of God's love? As you've reflected on your personal journey of faith, who's been the person or the people that have helped you to understand the message of the gospel? For Timothy, it was his mother and his grandmother who from an early age faithfully encouraged him by sharing scripture with him. 
like Annie, maybe you had parents, grandparents, who did the same for you. Maybe you heard about Jesus from a good friend, from a husband, a wife, someone you trust. You know their character, and you can recognize that they are living lives that reflect Christ and his love. Don't walk away from what they taught you. Their words and their lives are a testimony to the grace of God at work in them. Be very slow to abandon the truth that you've been shown by someone who has a character that you admire. Why else should we continue? Because we should continue in what we have learned because the Holy Scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Here Paul reminds Timothy that the Scriptures give a kind of wisdom that leads a person to salvation. Salvation that comes through faith in Jesus. That's a word that we've used in there. It's a word that came up in one of the songs that we sang. And this morning, there's not enough time to even to begin to explain what we mean when we talk about salvation. But it kind of, in a nutshell, we can think of it as God rescuing us, God saving us. Throughout the Bible, we see examples of God rescuing and delivering his people. And the message of salvation for us is that we can be freed from the true consequences of our wrong actions and be free to live as new creations in Christ. Paul reminds Timothy to continue to believe all that he has learned about Jesus so that he can experience this saving power. So why should you continue in what you have learned? Because it was the words of the Bible that prepared your heart and your mind to see Jesus. It was the words of the Bible that gave you a spiritual wisdom to recognize him. It was the words of the Bible that enabled you to believe in Jesus and to understand the message of the cross. The message of Jesus' death and of his resurrection. And the message that Jesus' death and resurrection brought us life and saved us. Don't walk away from the writings that brought you to Christ. And the third reason... Continue in what you've learned because the Bible is God-breathed. We're able to continue in what we've learned because we can have absolute confidence in the Bible. But what does it mean to say that the scripture is God-breathed? Some translations say breathed out by God. It implies so much more than just that they're inspired by God. More than that the words are God, more that the words are God's own words. He has breathed his words into the minds of the authors. Consequently, the words that we read have an amazing saving effect. The words have life and have meaning. You can read a passage one time or a hundred times and still learn something new about God. That is the power of the breathed out word of God. There are always new things to learn and new things to understand. As we read the Bible, God, through his Holy Spirit, causes the words to bring fresh meaning, words that speak directly into our heart and into our circumstances, words that have remained unchanged through time and yet still have the power to transform lives now. And we can continue to be firm in our faith because we have been shown the truth in the Holy Scriptures in the Bible. So in the next part of the passage, tells us a bit more about the Bible and tells us how the Bible can be useful. 
And to me, I feel like that word's got a little bit lost in translation. The Bible seems to be much more than just useful. I might consider something like a potato peeler to be useful. The Bible is so much more than that. It is life-giving, life-changing. So Paul expands further by explaining that the idea of the Bible is useful in four parts, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. The teaching that we find in the Bible informs us how to live a life that is pleasing to God. It guides us, shows us the path to take, reassures us, and comforts us. When we read something or listen to a sermon about a particular passage, God uses that to speak into our hearts. And sometimes it can show us that we've wandered away from the way that God wants us to live. That sense, that conviction inside that we know we're not truly in tune with God and his purposes. That's what the passage means when it's talking about rebuke. It's quite an old-fashioned word, isn't it? But it carries that idea of being told, no, that's not the right attitude. That's not the way you should have behaved. That's not the way you should have treated that person. We're being stopped from following that wrong path. And we don't just need to be stopped. We need to be turned around. With love, God corrects us, shows us how to get back onto the right path but we need to stay on that path. And so we find that the Bible is useful for training. It helps us how to understand, to live with integrity, how to be more Christ-like in our attitudes, how to live in such a way that our thoughts and actions reflect the love, mercy, and grace of God. The Living Bible puts it this way, it's God's way of making us well-prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. That all sounds pretty important to me, so why don't we read the Bible more? Reading the Bible needs to become a regular habit. There should be a desire within us to find out more about God's plans and purposes. Personally, I find it really challenging to make time to properly spend time studying the Bible. There seems to be so many other things that crowd in and take my time. But if studying God's word is how we learn to understand more about him and how we become more Christ-like in our attitudes, then it absolutely should be a priority. Think what a difference it could make in your life if you committed to just reading the Bible a little more often, or even a lot more often. I know that God's challenging me to make time and space to seriously invest in Bible study. Maybe he's challenging you too. There are loads of excellent resources that can help us open up the words of the Bible and help us to be disciplined in our study. If you need help with finding out about those, then again, ask. There's lots of people who can help with that. So, having broken down the passage, I just want to finish by piecing it all back together again. God's given us the Bible, the inspired, God-breathed words, so that we can learn more about his love, his plans, and his purposes. In it, we find life-changing teaching and all the wisdom that we could ever need. It points us to Jesus and brings us to that moment of trust and faith. From that faith flows a life of good works. Our faith in Jesus is an essential means by which we are equipped to live a changed life.
to live out a life that reflects his character. We're being equipped for a new life. Reflect on all that you have learned and all that you believe, the people and the scriptures that brought you to Christ, and continue. Be strong in your faith. So this morning we've had the opportunity to meet with God through the songs, the readings, the testimony of Annie, and as witnesses to her baptism. There's been a real sense of God's presence in this place. It can be really easy to forget those moments when you walk out the door today. Don't forget those moments of encounter that you've had, even if you just are holding on with the smallest fingertip, just the very smallest part of you that believes. This week, I pray that you'll be really conscious of the presence of God with you. Continue to be hungry to learn more about him. Most of all, don't stop believing. Amen.